Hey, my friend, you are listening to At His Feet. This episode is your personal invitation to set aside your busyness and to-do list of the day and to simply pause with me. Sometimes we'll hear stories from my friends. Other times we will dig in the word together or share personal stories. But every time the goal will be to help us each find our own personal place at the feet of Jesus. Today, you will listen to an episode that I recorded back in April. I had computer problems. My microphone wasn't connecting correctly. It's still not. And then I got also just got distracted. Um, both con- contributed to the delay in release of this episode. But I've had it recorded and it's just sitting here. And so I wanted to let you hear it. I feel very strongly that you are supposed to hear it. If you listen to the last episode, Everyone Has a Part to Play, you'll see how this episode is almost like a part two. Actually, in last episode, I said God had been dealing with me about something and I would share it soon. And then I just delayed recording. I just didn't feel like it was right. April, I finally recorded. I finally feel like, okay, it's time to share. And then I didn't share it and I apologize. (laughs) But as I said, I'm having trouble with my recording program. I use Logic and my microphone will not connect to it anymore. I don't know what to do. I know nothing about any of it. I don't even literally know how to click record on the program. But it's it's not doing good and YouTube troubleshooting videos are not helping me. So the audio today is not what I'd like it to be. But I also, because it's just my laptop microphone, but I, but I don't want that to delay me sharing this any longer. And so today, this is an episode about intercession. It is an episode about uh, two people in the Word, two times in the Word, where God's mind was changed by an intercessor and also how he would have us use that today in the exact moment that we are living And what my part to play in the harvest is seeming to be. So I will share a little more about this next week. And I plan to get back on this and try to go for it again. Try to be consistent. I've met a few of you recently that listen. And I even someone even, this is funny, messaged my husband on, I think, Facebook and was like, when is your wife going to do more podcasts? And I hollered, does she not know I have three kids? But plenty of people with three kids do this, and I I really enjoy it. So we will get back to it. Also, I don't know if I've told you. I don't even know if it was time to announce it yet, last episode. But uh, I'm pregnant with our fourth child. I am due in November. I'm measuring ahead. Uh, they're going to do an extra ultrasound in about a week or two. And so we shall see, but it's supposed to be she, her name is Anna Camille, and we are just thrilled to be adding to our family, which I'm sure that will cause a pause in recording, but I will do what I can to try to record ahead of time. We'll see what I can accomplish before then, but thank you for coming along, and uh, if you choose to listen today, I'm so happy you're listening, and I hope this episode gives you some direction. I hope this episode... Um, just let's burden settle on you and you'll understand more as you hear, especially at the end when I start telling you what God spoke to me and what I feel like 
the word he spoke to me means for us as a church. I think it's good to start here today with a simple question. What is an intercessor? One who goes between, a mediator, one who pleads on behalf of another. We've all prayed prayers like this before. Prayers for a loved one, prayers for a friend, praying for our our city, our nation, maybe even praying for God to send a revival to a foreign country. But there's more, and I want us to dig into the more on the topic. This is a 1000% God-led episode. I have just procrastinated doing it because I know that so many other people could do the topic more justice than I could, but I know that I can't move forward with this podcast until I just do what I know that God wants me to do, simply put. So I hope you'll keep listening. We can list many through the word that prayed an intercessor's prayer. Abraham prayed for Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham would press in prayer to get God to spare them. Abraham heard God give the orders for Sodom and Gomorrah's destruction as its outcry of sin was so great. Sin was so widespread, but Abraham couldn't bear to hear it. He was a righteous man, yet his response was not, well, that's what they deserve, talking of this sinful city. Or, or he didn't, he didn't say, oh, they, they're just reaping what they've sown. No, his cry to the Lord was for mercy. And we should note, if you go to the story, we should note that the word says that while Abraham was still standing before the Lord, he heard about the destruction. So that shows us that he had an established relationship with God. Simple statement, simple observation, but one who is an intercessor must have an established prayer life. If you are listening and through this episode you desire to be used in this way, we first have to make sure that we are faithful to relationship with God. So Abraham says to God, he says, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you indeed sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous and the wicked are treated alike. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? God replied to him, He said, yes, for 50, I'll spare this city. And if you want to go read this later, um, this is Genesis 18, verses 20 through 33, around there. So after 50, God uh, agrees to 50, and Abraham says, well, what about 45? God says, yes. And then Abraham says, well, what about for 40? Would you do it for 40? Would you spare the city for 40? God says, yes. Abraham would back God down to even just finding 10 righteous people in the city. The city didn't even end up having 10 righteous, but there were four that God spared. Abraham's unselfish prayer caused Almighty God to change his mind and extend even more mercy than he had already shown. Another intercessor we see in the Word with a lengthy story of the same way where we can read the conversation that they would have with the Lord 
uh, would be Moses. Moses had been on the mountain with God where he had received the Ten Commandments. The people had made their own God out of gold and were worshiping it and giving sacrifices to it. While Moses is up on the mountain having this incredible experience with God, all the people that he led were just going crazy at the base of the mountain. This would be in, if you want to follow later, Exodus 32, 9 through 14. The Lord said to Moses, this, Moses is still on the mountain at the time, still having this moment with God, but the moment stops because God says, I have seen this people and behold, they are an obstinate people. Now then, let me alone that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them and I will make of you a great nation. God notes that Moses was the only one worth saving from this whole nation. And Moses, he could have been prideful about this. He could have responded by agreeing with God, by saying, yes, God, these people will never serve you. These people deserve your wrath. And, and being proud that God would find him to be righteous enough to save. But he didn't respond that way. And that's not a righteous response. The word says this in verse 11. Then Moses entreated the Lord his God and said, O Lord, why does your anger burn against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak, saying, With evil intent he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and destroy them from the face of the earth? Turn your burning anger and change your mind about doing harm to your people. Verse 13, Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by yourself and said to them, I will depart multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and all this land of which I have spoken I will give to your descendants and they shall inherit it forever verse 14 so the Lord changed his mind about the harm which he said he would do unto his people once again the cry of the righteous change the outcome Something big that we see there with Moses is he reminds God, God, these are your people. God, you call them out. These are your people. Will you help your people? Will you save your people? Will you spare your people? Not only that, he reminded him of promises that had been made. And you personally, when you're, when you're praying, I'm sure you've heard prophecy go forth for your city or for your church tongues and interpretation with a word from the Lord that would have a promise. I know that's happened at our church. And, and when we're in prayer in this way, that's another thing you can do. God, I remember you said this and I'm going to stand on that promise. I know there's a verse in first Timothy. I don't know chapter in verse, but I know it says something like this, this charge I commit to you Timothy, that according to the prophecies which went before thee, that thou might might war a good warfare. So what the word was saying to, or what Paul was saying to Timothy would be, hey, there's prophecies that's gone for war according to those prophecies. When you receive a prophecy, when your church has received a prophecy, when there's prophecy for your city or your nation, and you go to prayer and you're saying, God. I know this has happened. I'm in a war according to this prophecy. 
I have a promise in my life for two people that I love dearly and they are very far away from God and honestly they're not very close to me but what I do at times when I feel to I remind God I remind myself God you said this you showed me this in a vision and I know it's going to come to pass and that that is a part of tapping into that promise and and we know that that the word says God is not a man that he should lie neither the son of man that he should repent hath he hath he said and shall he not not do it or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good we know that when God speaks something he will do it and so in praying for others and in 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 trying to see the harvest in your city and and all that God wants for your city or your you know your nation whatever it is we can go back and we can pull old promises and old prophecies to today and say, God, I still believe I'm warring according to this prophecy. That was totally off of what I was going to say. But but Moses and Abraham were two very clear examples, whole story examples that we can pattern off of. We see the language they use in talking with God. We see that they had these established relationships with the Lord, that there was this mutual, um, this trust there. Their pattern was this, the righteous cry out for mercy on behalf of others. Abraham, Moses, and hopefully you and I can fit in that category too. This psalmist wrote in Psalm 116, 1 and 2, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my pleas for mercy because he inclined his ear to me therefore i will call on him as long as i live i think another version says as long as i have breath he was writing this on behalf of himself we can know that this applies to us letting out our voice and crying out for mercy on behalf of someone else or even many someones he hears our voice and our pleas for mercy. So we won't stop praying and we won't stop calling out to him and we won't stop calling out the names of our loved ones and we won't stop pressing in prayer. There was a time in scripture where God looked and he saw that there was no intercessor and the word says that he wondered at this. We have many times called him the God of wonders, but this day his people caused him to wonder. He was stunned. He was appalled. Those are the words that describe that wonder that God felt. Isaiah 59 is where it's found, and there are 15 verses that describe the horrible condition of the people at this time. Just a very short excerpt. For you, uh, verses 3 and 4 say this about the people at the time. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue hath muttered perverseness. None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and they speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. If you go and you read... <laughs> In this chapter, like I did, this Isaiah 59, all the beginning verses, you could think, how could it get any worse? This must have been a horrible, this was just a horrible time. But in this state, 
this horrible state. God looked at his people. And his question was, his wonder was, that there was no intercessor. The word says that there was no man, that there was no intercessor. There was no one standing up. How could that be? But verse 16, but verse 16 also tells us that he didn't wonder very long. It continues with this. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness, it sustained him. So what that's saying is because there was no intercessor, he came himself. Jesus doesn't need us. We know that. But he chooses to use us. He chooses to let us be part of what he's doing in the world. And we've already talked about what can happen when the righteous choose to cry out for someone else. On February, I have it written down. I'm a phone note girl. So everything that happens, I type it in my phone because I want to remember and I want to look back and to see and and not forget what God speaks to me or what I read in the Word. So on February 22nd, 2023, not long ago, I felt a heavy burden when laying my kids down for bed during bedtime prayer. A simple routine moment turned very lengthy very quickly. I wasn't sure if the burden was for one of my children. You know, doing what we do, spiritual attacks do come. And so this night... My first thought was to pray over my babies a little more than usual before bed. I laid between my oldest two. They were sharing a bed in the evangelist quarters we were in. And I laid my hands on both of their heads and I just began to pray. I prayed and prayed everything I knew to pray. And then I prayed in the spirit for a very long time. At least for me, it was very long. And for them, it was probably very long until it lifted. You know, at first, my prayers were for them. But then as I was there and I continued to pray in the Spirit, I realized that it was for something else, but I couldn't put my finger on it. They weren't bothered by the lengthy bedtime prayers. I know that for sure they were enjoying this very extended bedtime routine. The next morning, though, that same heaviness settled on me when I woke up. I could hardly get through my normal task and I thought, what is wrong with me? What is going on? More, what's going on around me? God, what is this? Why do I feel this way? I would pause ever so often and uh, pray in the Holy Ghost while doing my normal stuff. You know, dishes, laundry, cooking food for them, all this stuff. And I didn't know why I would just stop and I would just feel it. I couldn't move another moment. I couldn't do another mundane thing. I had to stop and I had to pray. And I would just pray in the Holy Ghost. And there was such a heaviness on me. And I didn't know why, but there was such a push to pray. At 3.40 p.m., I plopped down on the couch. It was probably the, the true first time that I had stopped for the day and sat down and had a moment where my thoughts were kind of clear. My kids were napping and having quiet time, and I guess God knew that he had my full attention. And he spoke to me as soon as I sat down, and it caught me off guard. All day I had been like, God, what is this, you know? But I didn't really expect him to answer that way. I expected my answer to come in the form of a phone call of a tragedy or something But not God to speak and be so clear with me. But he was clear. And I want to share that with you. He spoke to me this. 
You are to be an intercessor for the end time harvest. That felt like weighty words and I, I didn't even tell my husband that day because, I don't know, it felt like a, a lot to say for me. It felt like a lot to me and I didn't want to tell him at first. And all I knew though is that the last day and a half I couldn't quit speaking in tongues when going to prayer and I had felt a boldness in my prayers. And this like push, you know, this over, just push and push and push, almost a rhythm, but also in anguish. And God, he caught me off guard when he spoke to me, my why, why I felt that way. I didn't plan to share it openly, maybe with my husband, but when the moment was right, I planned to tell him, but I didn't share, plan to share it openly, I promise. But the same day, later that evening, I had a friend reach out to me and tell me about the heaviness that she'd been feeling and this push to pray that she couldn't quit weeping, that she even wondered if she needed to get her hormones checked because of what she was feeling in the last, the last several days. So that's not the text I received word for word, but it is the gist of it. And we went back and forth and I shared what God had been doing in me and that I had felt the same things. I'm so thankful for that godly friend and that we could trust each other to confide in. I quickly told her that God was pushing her to intercession. That's what that was. It was a push to intercession. Will you accept and will you go there? The next Sunday, so I had told my husband, after my friend reached out, I said, babe, I told him, you know, who reached out and what they said. And I said, you know, you know how you heard me praying last night? And he said, yeah, I didn't know what was going on. And I, I told him, you know, the heaviness and all this stuff, you know, everything I just told you. And he said, man, that's so powerful, you know. And we talked for a while. And then that Sunday, though, Taylor told the church we were at what God had spoken to me. He's not a very good secret keeper when it comes to Jesus things, I have realized. <laughs> um, anyways, I wasn't bold enough to share it yet. And he was. He's always bold enough. But after church, an absolutely precious woman came to me. And we'd have several conversations before. And she shared to me that she needed to hear that. And it gave her clarity because she said that every time that she had walked into the sanctuary for her daily prayer that week, that tears would just flow and she would go into deep prayer and she was so emotional and that she would feel this great heaviness and that she was worried that she was depressed because of how much she would just weep in her prayer time for the last week or so. So when my other friend reached out and when I felt that way and then when she felt that way, it was so clear to me that I would need to share with you, you and I, I can't see your face. I may not know every name that listens. I may not know yours personally, but I have met a lot of you that listen and you have become a friend of sorts to me and I share so much with you and I knew that I was to share this with you. I'm not saying that Jesus is coming back tomorrow or next week because I don't know. He could, but no man knows the day or the hour. We know that. But what I am saying is, God spoke to me. You are to be an intercessor for end time harvest. So to you listening, my friend, God has stretched out his hand. And this is an invitation of sorts. 
He is rallying intercessors. And I fully believe that. And I just, I feel that. He is rallying those that are willing to pray the prayers. Men and women and children that will pray for the end time harvest. That means praying for the lost, praying for your city, your state, your nation, praying for specific nations around our world, praying for laborers to come forth to work the harvest, praying for those that are already laboring, praying for every pastor, praying for missionaries, praying for those that have grown weary to be revived, to do the work that Jesus has for them. And the list could go on and on. But I really hope that gets you started. And then when your words run out, this is my advice. Be free to pray in the Spirit. Romans 8 and 26 says this. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And when you begin to pray in the Spirit, stay a while. Don't look at the clock. Try to stay and pray. Last episode, I talked about the part that we each play, knowing that I would next talk to you about this. This is an unseen part to play, but it is fulfilling. No one will know. No one will thank you. No one will openly reward you. The list of qualifications to play this part is very short, but it's a mighty part to play. And I hope that you'll give yourself to prayer this week. Do the unselfish thing and follow Abraham and Moses' pattern. Praying for somebody other than you. Pray for whole cities and even nations that they would be one to Jesus. That God would lead the righteous to those that are a part of the already white and ready harvest. As I was talking to you, I began to think of this. When you see right now, there's a bunch of CMI-led, Holy Ghost type of rallies all over our nation. And when you see that one is happening, maybe you can't go. Spend some time in prayer for them. Spend some time in prayer that God would would reach those that are hungry on that campus that there would be a connection that they would be filled with the holy ghost connected to a church and all of those things when you see one of these global uh crusades that i mean you know you can follow certain missionaries that are doing these crusades brother robinette charles robinette comes to mind very first when you see that one of these missionaries or this global evangelist that they're at in a nation and they're they're doing these holy ghost crusades spend some time and and pray for them pray for the harvest it's a very easy way to be a part of what god is doing and there is a cost your time your energy sometimes you get up from intercession and you'll feel weak you'll feel spent but it's worth it it's worth giving that if you can give that to the lord why not it's a matter if you and i are willing And if we'll make that sacrifice of our time and our effort. I want to leave you with this quote that I read yesterday. If our prayers are not answered and the salvation we wait for is not wrought for us, it is not because God is weary of hearing prayer, but because we are weary of praying. That's by Matthew Henry. That was actually commentary on, um, 
Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. It was the first thing when I pulled up Isaiah 59 that I quoted some of earlier. It was the first thing I read and I thought, wow, how many of us are weary of praying? And we are missing a great opportunity because we have just gotten weary. Let's not get weary of praying. He really does hear you and I and your prayers and my prayers make a difference and you may not see the difference you don't have to god does the work thank you for listening i'll talk to you next time